Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of QSR Uncut. I'm your host, Danny Klein, the editorial director here at QSR Magazine, and joined by my colleague and host, Ben Coley. And so this week, um, we were just discussing this a second ago, our guest is someone who only goes by one name. Um, I guess you could say he's like the prince of the uh, restaurant tech world. And by prince, I mean actually like the musician and not the princes and the king's son, but <laughs> we're, oh, we're already getting kind of weird here. But anyway, so Nabil from Lunchbox, CEO, co-founder, you know, I, I think people are pretty familiar with what you all do, Nabil, but, um, you know, at the NRA show, you're even giving out tattoos to people who are walking by. But if you want to just key in a little bit, I'll give you a chance to introduce yourself, maybe tell a little bit of your story about what the company does for anyone who might not be familiar with you. And yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you so much for that awesome intro. I've been only <laughs> called Beyonce before and never Prince, and now uh, this uh, is the new highlight of my uh, life. I guess my, that show, uh, shows that I'm, I'm maybe older than the people who call you Beyonce. But <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. You said that. You said that. I'm not also denying it. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so thank you so much for having me. Um, a little bit about myself. I am. Um, I, I just moved to White Plains, New York. I just moved uh-huh. out of New York, so I'm depressed because you know new york was great for food and white plains is not if any of your audience members listening to white plains i'd like them to know that i hate it there and i will never <laughs> not hate it there uh yeah i'm uh, you know yeah. I'm, I'm very much very much grew up in the industry you know uh worked at a restaurant group called bear burger from 17 to 27 started lunchbox three years ago uh almost going four and uh, i don't know why i started that can dig into that this could be like a free therapy session at some point yeah we, then, that's uh, what we're here for usually, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah we, we can yeah. talk about westchester county too more if you want to oh my god uh I'll, 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 I'll be dropping so many f-bombs uh, is it allowed yeah i think i just have to click a box of you cursed which happened with someone on here once got oh, it, uh, got I think it. that was that was fat brands yeah Fat brands. So yeah, so that's yeah. a little bit about me. Uh, currently, what's happening at life, and and a little bit about lunchbox. Uh, it's it's uh, it's uh, you know what what we do is we were you know restaurant operators who were really frustrated with what the industry had or did not have, and we just wanted to fix it. You know, provide the one stop shop to go ahead and really help the industry bring together what other companies you have to batch it together like you know you get ordering from someone loyalty from someone design from someone else marketing from someone else we just and none of them really talk to each other none of them they're all uh speaking different languages and did not want to and we wanted to fix that we wanted to help restaurants we wanted to go ahead and you know move sales away from third party to direct ordering we wanted to do that for two reasons one more money in the restaurant's pockets and two that's our customer. We want to talk to them, get to know them, get to know when we pissed them off, bring them back. So that's us. That's Lunchbox. That's me. And I hate Westchester. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I had friends who moved to Westchester and it was always something I hated when I had to go visit them. So I oh understand God. I understand your pain. Um, Thank you. Are you going to join like a uh, country club golf course soon? You know, a private gated. Yeah. No, I'm brown. I'm I'm, I'm 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 brown man. Uh, I don't I don't golf. Uh, I don't want to golf. I don't I don't want to ever get good at golf. Um, yeah, man. I'm you know we, I, I'm brown. That's my response to the the country club part. I just wanna you know I work all the time, so I don't even have time. But if I had time, I'd just you know go around explore restaurants, and that that's what I've been doing. There's a there's more lunchbox restaurants in that area for some reason. 
than where I lived in Queens, New York. So uh, it's not all bad, but it's mostly bad. So so why? I mean, why why did you move up there? It was, it was a, a fiancé, right? Yes, I moved because I am a wonderful human being, and you know, I and I don't give I don't get enough credit for how wonderful I am. I think I am one of the best human out there. I moved for the fiance. She got into uh-huh. med school there, and it's an eighteen month tour, and you know. I'm brown. I don't belong up there. I need to get back to Queens ASAP. Uh, but I have 18 months left. Uh, and so the dogs, her, uh, us, we all move for her school. And, and I commute to the city. I'm in the city at our we, we work office right now. Uh, it's, a, it's our commute. I think, uh, I think it's going to be fine. But if it's not, you will definitely hear about it from me on LinkedIn. Oh yeah, sure. I mean, I've already heard some of it. Yeah, I mean, it, doesn't, it doesn't really sound fine, but... Uh, <laughs> Well, we'll take your word out. That's actually how I ended up in North Carolina was because of my wife, too. Although, um, What happened? A job? Yeah, she really wanted to leave Florida because she grew up there, and also Florida's a little uh, a little weird. Um, Which part of Florida? Well, she grew up in Orlando, but we were living actually in, in North Florida, so like near Jacksonville. Um, but ahead, I'm, not, I'm not from there. I just had been there since college, um, but... Not sad to, I wasn't sad to leave though. I guess that's the difference here is that unlike you, I wanted out of Florida too. I'm depressed. I'm, <laughs> I'm depressed. I, I'm in poetry now. I'm writing poetry every night now. Like you know, in, a, like in, in one of those like spiral binders in your bedroom with just like a desk lamp yes. on. All of that. All of that. Yeah. Listening to a jazz. What's Lincoln a, what's Park. A, like, Lincoln well, Park. Oh, that's a, a good a little, one. Yeah. That's a little angry. <laughs> I was thinking more of like Jack Johnson or something. Or Slipknot. anyway where where we would go off there yeah so um let's talk about your growth because i think that's you know i think from what you had mentioned to me it's over 360 percent locations just from this year alone so yeah i guess the question on a lot of people's minds you see us around the tech space right now really big kind of COVID bump, you know, when you had the dining rooms closed, but how are you kind of maintaining growth at this point? I mean, what does the, what does the landscape look like? What are restaurants asking for now that probably most of them have delivery, you know, there isn't isn't as much of a rush just to, you know, get on board as there might've been two years ago. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I I think, um, online ordering is a car, right? It's It's just a vehicle, but you know, the, I think the real question is where are we going, right? Uh, and uh, or, or maybe what's the engine, right? Maybe that's a better metaphor. And I think that's the part that I'm obsessed with, right? The, the marketing components, the marketing tools, the engagement tools. I just want to help restaurateurs talk to their guests. And if they had a chance to tell their stories, they would never lose customers to uh, their neighbors or to Grubhub, right? So that's the way I see it. So that's the part I'm focused on the most, which is after you have ordering, after you have loyalty, let's go ahead and you know teach everyone on how to speak to their guests, how to you know expand their brand outside of their physical location. Um, so I think that's where we have tried to live. That's where we want to live, and we even do that with our own brand, with our own voice, with our own you know uh, 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 ecosystem, uh, if you will. So I think that's the part that I, we really care about, and I think restaurateurs care about. I think they're asking for you know, uh, more engagement tools and better engagement tools. They're asking for, hey, can I just do Facebook ads directly from the Lunchbox admin panel, 
And the response is yes. So we can keep it all in one system and I'm not losing all my data in the process. So I'll pause there, but I think that's what customers are asking for right now. Uh, and I don't think anyone's asking for online ordering. I don't, I don't think they were asking for a while. I think SMB have been, right? SMB restaurants have been asking for online ordering for the ones that, you know, when COVID started. But I think now they're asking for quality. Like everyone has ordering. All right, so, and what? Like what else can we do with that? Mm-hmm. You know, so over the, you know, pandemic, you know, you've been one of the most, you know, outspoken when it comes to, you know, the third-party delivery companies, you know, you know, the, the fees and everything. And, you know, we want to get, you know, your take on a specific, you know, partnership that um, Grubhub, you know, announced, you know, recently with Amazon. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, is your, what is your take, you know, with that yet new um, relationship and, you know, and where, where, where you think, you know, Grubhub's, you know, kind of trying to go with this? I think, uh, I think Grubhub, like the only news that comes out of Grubhub is just negative ones, right? Like there's nothing ever positive that comes out of that camp. So I don't know who worked on that one. Uh, but that's a, that's like, if I was on their side, I'd be like, oh, finally a good one, right? Finally a story where we're not shitty, right? So, uh, so that's the first reaction I had. And after I moved from all the snarkiness and being pissed off about moving to Westchester, I moved to like, all right, what are they trying to do? And what is Amazon trying to do, right? I think what Amazon's trying to do is Amazon's trying to keep you in the prime community, mm-hmm. you know, so you can, you know, voice, you know, voice whatever you need, voice your order again, right? Voice order, whatever you need. Because voice ordering and online ordering does not work well together. It, no. it does not work well together. It's the I worst. I hate it. Yeah. It's horrible. Yeah. But you know where voice ordering works? In the bedroom when you say lights off, lights on, like it works, right? In the living room, lights on, lights off. And I think that's what voice ordering needs to do in food, if at all, which is send my morning coffee or send my last order from Bear Burger or send my last order or, or, or you know, go ahead and add a couple of more things. But the routine, right? The usual stuff. I think that's what they're trying to do. I think the best way to do that in a in tri-state and in, a exper- in experimentation is to go ahead and do it with Grubhub. Doing it with Grubhub means tri-state, bunch of New Yorkers, bunch of people from the East Coast, uh, and a bunch of people that are going to go ahead and do that, the people who are in their routine. And if that test works, you know, when we maybe buy Grubhub and put them out of uh, their misery, right? I think that's what all, all the things that went through my head, uh, including a couple, couple of other thoughts that I'd rather not share. Yeah, yeah, I was... Um... You hinted at what I was going to ask you next, and and uh, it, there's been some stories coming out about you know Grubhub's value and just eat takeaway kind of shopping it around, and and the the value of Grubhub kind of dropping. I believe it was by like a billion or so. So I was you know I was wondering you know your take on you know where what you think the future of that company might actually be. Do you do you anticipate Amazon you know throwing its hat in the ring and 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 taking over? Um, was it um was it Grubhub that? You know, you guys kind of talked once, and then the Beal made like a graphic of. Uh... No, that was Uber. That was Uber. That was Uber. Oh, yeah. Okay. What did I do? It was like I talked to you, and I did a story, <laughs> and then you made like a you like did like a fight promo like <laughs> yeah, the... a picture on your LinkedIn between like you and like the uh, Uber CEO. I think it was. Did and, I do that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, the complete need for attention uh, that I have has to be directly tied to not being loved enough as a child. If I had to really go back into the psyche of what it is, uh, but all jokes aside, I think uh, I think to go back to uh, the question that was asked, which is, you know, the valuation. I think everyone's valuation dropped, so I don't know. I don't know if like I see yeah. that as maybe much. I think what I see as a problem is how quickly that relationship is not working. Right, right, right. 
like how quickly is that relationship not working? It takes, uh, it takes uh, for a com companies at large, it takes a year and two to get to know each other and say, hi, you know, you know, like, what's up? How you doing? Uh, what's our benefit program? Is it changing? Right. That takes like a year or two. Right. So for that, for those two teams to very quickly say, this is not working is I think, um, I think it's just really odd. I think I think the whole thing is really odd how quickly that soured. Uh, the valuation dropping, I think, public market, you know, dropped so much. You know, I, I think uh, I think everyone in private market followed, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why all the investors on the sidelines. So that part I'm not 100% sure about, but I I think the exit for them. Uh, I I think you know I think DoorDash and Uber Eats can stay in the fight the longest, mm -hmm. right? One because of their drive program, and one because of um, you know, everything else DoorDash has been so impressively doing, including storefront and including last mile. So th that's their, those are their anchors that keep, that'll keep them in the fight for a very long time. I don't think Grubhub has one except, you know, merge with those two or, you know, sell to a company like Amazon or sell to a company uh, that, you know, slowly is becoming the everything app, right? The Amazons of the world. Um, so, I mean, those are the only exits for them at this point. And, um, I, I think when I, I think their executive teams have changed as well, and I think there's just a and this is hard running like running my company like it's I have a really hard time and I'm a tiny company compared to them. It is very stressful. I wake up sometimes three in the morning stressed and I'm not able to go back to bed, and that's a good day. Sometimes it's a good day that's happening on. So I think the only reason that is that makes this worth it is a love for the restaurant and a love for the company and a love for the people. And I think when you don't have any of those things and a, a model that doesn't work, I think you just, you know, sell. And also the orange, their logo, the, the orange is not attractive at all. I think it bothers me the most. <laughs> so um, as much as I'm enjoying kicking all these companies around because, you know, it's fun, but let's talk about Lunchbox a little bit. And, and when you talk there about waking up at three in the morning, you know, for people who are listening, want to be entrepreneurs, I think it's a large group of kind of what we talk about here on, on the podcast. I mean, what kind of advice would you give someone who wants to start a company, who wants to grow it, you know, who wants to have employees who, you know, enjoy working there? I mean, what's maybe one thing you've learned these last few years of Lunchbox that, you know, really mm -hmm. sort of, uh, you know, directing you at this point? Don't fucking do it. Like, just don't do it. Like, there's no reason to do it. Like, do something else. You'll, you know, you'll be happier. You'll age better. I used to look like Obama pre-president versus post-president, you know? Like, this is the after, by the way. So whatever you think it is, like, this is like, you know, like, uh, I've gone through a couple of cycles of presidency dealing, trying to grow this company to what it is already. Uh, I think entrepreneurship is hard. That's given. I was talking to someone else today. I was talking to someone about how easy it is to be a doctor, and I was saying that to someone. I was saying, oh, I think I was saying it to my fiance. I was saying it to her. I was like, listen, your job is so easy. I'm sure she your job is yeah. predictably <laughs> hard, right? Your job is it's a hard job. It's a hard career. It's a hard path, but it's predictable. You know what's going the ROI on it. You're going to do a lot of hard things, and you'll get a ROI that is clear. Imagine having a equally hard job, but every day being unpredictable and just not having any routine. That is being an entrepreneur. So they're both hard. She gets to save lives, you know, more important maybe, you know, who cares, you know, put that to the side, but they're both hard. One is just completely unpredictable, right? You deal with the market, you deal with employees, you deal with your board and it's hard. So you have to, and this is the same for being a doctor, have to love what you're doing. Otherwise, you know, you wake up at three in the morning 
And instead of coming up with solutions, you're on Indeed looking for a job. And you know what I urge is just love the space because that's the fuel that'll keep going while everything else dries up and everything else is seasonal. Uh, and, and, and the last thing I'll say is it's lonely too. It's a lonely journey. So you need co-founders, you need a support system, you need mentors, you need friends in press who do podcasts with you that you can hang out with virtually. You need a lot of support and you need to map that out. And I've mapped that out actually. I've mapped out my entire support system. Can I share my screen? I can't, right? No. Uh, I'll show you guys after offline, <laughs> but I have a matrix of these are the people you go to for these reasons because it's a very isolating journey. So that's my advice to entrepreneurs. But ending with don't do it. Hmm. I... Uh... I was not expecting that answer. I guess I don't know. What were you expecting? <laughs> well, you, you know, know pe I... people people at work here, Ben can attest this. They like to call me Eeyore. Um, mm. You're like a far more aggressive Eeyore, though. You're not really. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's yeah, like, you know. like that's what lawyers say all the time. Like you know, I've always heard that when you know young people are looking into the law, asking old lawyers, you know, for advice, the first thing they say is like, "Don't do it." like the first thing to say be a lawyer yeah lawyer i hear that a lot from the, the law the law career like they'll tell young people what, a, what about to become a journalist i hear that too like they'll say that too like sports writers older sports writers will be like yeah don't do it i've i've told i've told young journalists that many times yeah um, yes although similar to what you said i mean if you're if you really bleed the concept then that makes sense but mm -hmm. otherwise you're just going to get battered around and abused for nothing yeah I, you know? I yes the main point of saying that is just like to weed the people who really might not be into it out because like if people hear that and they're still motivated to go and to do it then they're probably going to succeed in, in that i feel way. like i feel like we've hired people like that <laughs> 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 oh yeah. god i don't even want to get into that who is um, it who have you you want to name some people name drop some people <laughs> <laughs> well um uh, one of i mean one of them just left thankfully so um i'm sure he's never going to listen to this and if he does um he'll probably admit to you he didn't have much passion for this so i'm going to go i'm going to go on linkedin and see who recently left the oh, organization <laughs> it, would, it would take you about 12 minutes to figure out considering there's only three of us here <laughs> that's funny that's awesome yeah. uh, imagine they leave you a glassdoor review and you're like yeah we know who that is because there's only one person here in addition <laughs> well, <laughs> i don't know about you ben but i remember trying to actually look our company up on glassdoor before mm -hmm. I, I worked here and i was like there was like one review in 15 years Right, yeah. I, Glassdoor usually isn't really a good resource unless it's like a, a much bigger. Company. Yeah. Well, we also we have a mixture of people who've been here for like three decades, and then you know there's there's like churn at certain positions. So you know you don't have a lot of Glassdoor reviews because you got people who've been here since they were in college and are now fifty years old. So. Mm -hmm. Got it. That's a good sign, though. Yeah, longevity. Um, it is. Sign, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's talk a little bit about the products. I mean, at the NRA show, really going big on kind of, you know, the Rails concept, and, and that was uh, very interesting. <laughs> but, I mean, what are some of the new technologies that you have going on, the Lunchbox, you know, sort of adjusting to what's happening, you know, continuing to evolve, maybe things you're coming up with at 3 in the morning, I guess. Um, you know, what, what's the future look like for you? First of all, I can't call it Lunchbox Rails anymore because yeah, you know someone, <laughs> someone from a large company uh, like Olo maybe. No, I'm not saying Olo, oh. but like Olo maybe oh. sent us a cease and desist letter. Oh, yeah. uh, so now we have to call it Auto Aggregator, which is what we did all the branding for first, and then we said let's call it Rails for a month anyways, so we can get more attention on it, so a yeah. user education can be easier, and we'll change it anyways. So we did we. When we launched it, we did 
both the both of the work knowing we will do it um I had a so, feeling you were up to something i mean we we were sitting there at the show going he can't call it this can he right <laughs> I said, I, uh, my lawyer said the same thing. And I said, I can call. And they're like, y- listen, you're going to have to change it. I'm like, how long will that take? They said a month. I said, so I can do what I want for a month. And they're like, technically you, you can. So I was like, oh, perfect. All right. This, that's what I need. I need a month. I, I mean, just need a kinda, month. It's kind of brilliant, really, yeah. if you really think about it. I'm sure they don't like it, but it's a very smart concept. I don't know who they you are talking about, sir. <laughs> but uh, point being, I, I think uh, I think NRA is the one we unveiled uh, lunchbox uh, auto aggregator, and that has been really exciting. And we are, uh, you know, we we were limited in all the restaurants we could help because of POS systems. Like you know, we did not have all the POS systems. Uh, we five xed the number of restaurants we can target in the U.S because of that product. And now we are helping restaurants, like uh, universally all of them, right? That, is, that has been really, really exciting for us. Uh, and, and we are really excited to go ahead and launch two new products that is coming out next month uh, and this month. So it's being announced this month. Uh, it, this is the first time I'm actually saying it. Press releases are coming out soon. One, we're calling it open, Lunchbox Open. What is Lunchbox Open? Lunchbox Open is exactly what we wish we had three years ago when we got started. It's one integration with Lunchbox, and you're integrated to everyone Lunchbox is integrated to. Not just POS companies, the marketing companies, the design companies, the online ordering companies, all of them. So one integration to connect all of food tech, like almost like the Zapier for the space. So Lunchbox Open is coming out later this year. And uh, something else that I'm very, very excited by is you know uh, wide labeling Lunchbox as well and giving it to all the folks that are limited because of online ordering. They, ca- they don't have online ordering, so they can't do something else on top, right? Maybe like they're an SMS company or maybe they're a marketing company. So those are two new products I'm really excited to release this year, uh, this month. Uh, they're coming out uh, over the next two to four weeks. So just really pumped to go ahead and not just sell to restaurants, but sell to the ecosystem, to our partners, to food tech partners who are limited because they don't have enough engineers to do the integrations. They don't have enough time because our online ordering is blocking them. Just like we get blocked by POS, right? Lunchbox is blocked based on the POS. It has to be the right one. It has to be the great one. Now we're no longer. So we're, we're now looking at all the other companies in food tech and saying, you now no longer have to be limited because you don't have ordering, right? It would be perfect for all the younger companies out there. And by the way, everybody listening, we're we are recording in September first, actually. So Nabil is talking about September. Yes, <laughs> I, I assume this is going to release in September. But if it doesn't, we're looking back in the past, and it came out in September. It's uh, yeah, it's coming out in September thirteen and the week after. So yeah, yeah, the uh, the fall rush of pumpkin flavored things. Mm-hmm. Yes, and lunchbox integration. So yes, I had someone who uh, said, can I bring you a pumpkin spice latte? And I said, yeah, please bring it for me. And then I recorded it and I threw it in trash immediately <laughs> as soon as it was handed to my hand as a TikTok that I might share at some point uh, next week. So, uh, just you know, just sharing with you guys content ideas. Huh. It was yeah. just like straight to my hand, straight to the garbage. It was like, it was very swift. It was just straight to my hand, straight to the trash. I, you know, I, I don't mind pumpkin spiced uh, coffee, really. I don't order it, but I, I hate pumpkin spice beer with a passion. That, to me, is pumpkin one of the most disgusting beer. I've never tried that. Yeah, well, uh, I, I wouldn't, I guess. It's my, uh, 
My advice mean, it tastes like vomit a little bit, but some people love it. You know, you kind of yeah. you embrace the uh, whatever fall stuff. Yeah, I, I, you know, I work a lot, so I go straight from summer to winter. Like I don't, re- I don't recognize fall because I'm just I was in, in the whole time, you know, mm-hmm. just like just you know typing away. So, uh, yeah, I just remember summer and winter. Everything in between, I think entrepreneurs just skip those. I'm sure yeah. you guys feel that sometimes. They have uh, they have seasons in White Plains. Oh man, yeah, they have seasons. They don't. I don't know if they have seasoning. I don't know if they have seasoning <laughs> in their food, but they have seasons in White Plains. <laughs> Um, you know, I was, um, you know, speaking of, you know, you know, how much, you know, how hard you're working, you know, the grind, you know, the, the food tech, you know, with, you know, the way the pandemic's gone, you know, I imagine that the food tech segment has been, been, you know, becoming saturated and there's like growing competition, you know, between you and, you know, other tech vendors and, you know, battling, you know, for restaurants attention. So I could hope you can kind of, you know, dive into that, you know, how the, the, the space and the segments kind of overall change in the past couple of years, mm-hmm. you know, especially with the pandemic. I think there's, I think before the pandemic, before the pandemic, I'm talking about 2018, 2016, 2014, you know, we were seeing, uh, we, we were seeing, you know, things slowly form, right? We're mm-hmm. seeing, you know, there's a new POS company. They're called Toast from Boston. Interesting. Maybe they'll do well. They are new. They might not do well. You know, Aloha and Micros are so much better. That conversation was starting. And look what Toast is now. There's another one, which is this uh, this loyalty company is the darling of, you know, uh, technology and uh, restaurant tech, you know, level up. They are crushing it. They're amazing. They're big. They have all the QSRs. They help Olo. They help, uh, they partner up with, you know, all the top, you know, QSRs, if you will, right? Uh, and they have scan to pay which is what Starbucks has. So that's an interesting company. And then there were all these other tiny companies forming, right? And I, I think I think you've seen them, uh, you've seen us put kerosene all over that uh, during the pandemic because during the pandemic there was a lot of VC capital. The pro the, the good thing about VC capital is it helps us entrepreneurs dream and dream and go ahead and see that that dream through. The problem with VC capital, because like all humans, you know, 10% are only good, right? 20% are good. Everyone else is okay, right? Investors are the same. 10% are good. Everyone else is shit, right? So same thing's happening in investors. So now no, the bad investors have the same capital and it's also green and it also has the same value. Value That's going to a lot of companies. And so what's happening, a lot of us who are not supposed to have money, or maybe have money and maybe have a runway. Now what are you saying? the winter of 2022 is it drying up and now what you will see is true competition you'll see the real ones continue to grow despite all of us doing reductions as you know you know we are all doing reductions the entire tech ecosystem is getting more disciplined despite all of us doing reduction and cleaning house and making sure we're efficient with capital because we have to be you're now going to see more m than ever before right and you're going to see a lot of people throw in the towel and you're going to see it all across this year and next year. So you'll see you'll see the clear winner in each segment. So that's what I can tell you is happening over the last 10 years. Um, there's second mover in POS. It could be Square. It could be Toast. It could be all these cloud system. There's going to be a second mover in ordering. You know, we would like to think that's us. And um, and you will see a lot of smaller companies join. Uh, companies like us are much larger and say, this is too hard. I've been doing it for too long. I have my first kid and I want out. And that's how decisions are made in the, behind the scenes. 
that's the conversations I'm having with folks. Like, I'm my first kid. I'm tired. I've been doing this for six years. I don't have the mojo. I don't even know why I got into this. You know, uh, I hate my wife. You know, I hate my husband. Uh, all of those things, all of the above. Although I feel like when you hate your spouse, you probably work more. Um... <laughs> Hey, 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 hey! I was thinking, I was thinking of like Tom Brady here. It was my specific example. Uh, oh man, you don't think oh, he's coming home to her? I don't know, man. Like, why didn't he just retire? But whatever. Oh. Are you wearing? Are you wearing a wedding ring on your middle finger? I'm not. It's an aura ring. Oh. Okay. I don't want to wear a, a wedding ring, so my fiance uh, knows that you know it's never sealed until you have your doctorate and then maybe i'll wear it all the time you know unless because she's going into plastic you know and yeah. the dream is to fix up this face so until i know that dream is real i don't need to wear a wedding ring you know I, you know you can have incentives in this uh good yes. motivation, motivational tool yes yes she's my uh retirement plan that's that's probably probably wise um probably wise yeah yeah, I uh, I actually don't wear a wedding ring, but it's not for any nefarious reason. I just uh, I actually got yeah. too I actually got too fat, and my doesn't fit anymore. Oh, hey, hey, listen, that's not true. You you bulked it's... up. You're soul now. You're bulked up. Well, you, you've been, you know, you've been curling too much, and now it doesn't fit, and that's fine. That's the story. No one can see the video. No one can see how what, what I look like. I'm a white man, six two, and you are bulked. All right. And you know, gonna... it's it's bad when your fingers get fatter. <laughs> It's like the last thing to get fatter, you know. Yes. Like it's like face or stomach, face, arms, fingers, and I'm already like at the finger stage. You know, wow. speaking, uh, sad, speaking of but... speaking of um, incentives, you know, um, going back to the whole tattoo thing, you know, al allowing employees to get you know tattoos and food and stuff. Um, what's the craziest one you've come across since you know offering that up to your workers? Uh, I'd say a good five percent of them have taken taken up the offer, and um, and a bunch of them actually got it at the event at NRA, and so many strangers got it at NRA. One of our clients have one of our tattoos on their body. Do you believe that? That's fucking crazy. Like I'm like, I look at them weird. I'm like, what's wrong? Like why'd you do that? Why would you do that to yourself? I look at my employees. I'm like, I just got that perk for myself. Why are you all getting lunchbox tattoos? You know. Uh, one of them got it, and I was like, oh, "Man, I can never fire them." I, know, I, was, I was actually about to ask that question. <laughs> no, uh, but, Joe, but like, I, what, what do you do if someone does that? Like, and maybe you know, you could, can you like tell them like, "Hey, um, don't get this tattoo." <laughs> you know, I would like to tell. I would like to tell you that they check with me, but they don't. Right? Yeah. They just do it. And HR just like works with them, right? Uh, I think the craziest tattoo I got. Uh, I saw I saw someone get, uh, I saw someone get a uh, headless cow, mm -hmm. and you know that's food related. Yeah, it was a it was a bloody yeah. headless cow, and and it was food related, and we pay, obviously paid for it. Uh, I have a bunch. I took advantage of it. I got hangry over here, you know. I got like knives. I got like uh, I got a I got like a, like a, another knife here. So I got a bunch. So I just made that perk up for myself, mm -hmm. and. Yeah. yeah. What is it? What is it with the? I know because I know you love the the knife emoji too. So what is it? You know, with you and knives. You know what? What makes you so passionate about the? Yeah. Um. No. Uh, it just looks cool. I, I, yeah. 
I think it's just like you know. I think chefs, like you know, I love chefs. I love, a lot of my friends are chefs. I I love Bourdain. I'm a big fan of his. Like that's no secret. And uh, you know, I I think I think. Okay, I'll tell you a little bit about myself. I'll give you a one-minute version of myself, and I'll tell you why the knife is important to me. And the one-minute version is I'm an immigrant. I came here when I was 15 to the country, and I was shy. Like, I was in the back of the class. I would not say two words. Not only did I not speak English, I also wouldn't – even if I knew English, I, was, I just did not like speaking up. I, I didn't like speaking up even in my own culture. Right, I'm Bengali, right, right next to India. So I was shy. And at 17, I finally got a job as a busboy. Right at a restaurant, and this is Bear Burger. We only had one location at the time in Queens, so I worked there over the next ten years. I obviously rose the ranks to CMO. But what happened is I found my voice, and when I found my voice as an immigrant, as an outsider, as someone who looks like how I do, it was empowering. And what I thought the industry lacked was a voice. I thought the industry was always just complaining to each other. Hey, my online ordering sucks and my POS is not great. And we're just complaining to each other over a drink. And I well, I just wanted more. I wanted to go ahead and fix that. So I wanted to go ahead and create Lunchbox to not just stop just complaining and doing something about it, but also being a voice for the space. So I'm trying to go ahead and you know empower restaurateurs to you know, bring a knife to a knife fight, right? So the knife is aggressive. The knife is you know part of kitchen culture. And knife's a good emoji, man. You know, um, since I, I already have to uh, check the explicit box on this podcast, you know, this was actually Ben's first NRA show because he started here right before COVID. Um, so he didn't get a good in the next two years. And he he got, so his very first event, he had been talking about doing this. You know, he was really looking forward to seeing some of these stories that we tell in-house about stuff we do. And this chef came up to me and offered me cocaine in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Ben, you've never, you've well, never experienced that before. We, well, we that's what I was there. telling him. I'm like, these are chefs for you. He's a, we yes. weren't really sure you know, whether he was serious or not, but that that I, happened. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was. Well, he had just gotten over the telling us he was up like 24 straight hours, so I'm pretty sure he was serious. Um, yes, Ben, I'm so happy you got to experience our people in their <laughs> in, in their truest form. Well, it was interesting because it was it was the um what was the Idaho well, potato. Uh, yeah, I mean, okay, well, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't okay. gonna say that only because he. <laughs> okay, well. but that's all right. I'm sure that Beep. I never, you know, it's Beep. Beep. <laughs> it's fine. There were a lot of people there. You're good. Uh, but uh, it was just at this uh, like very like club, no. you know, young environment, and it just didn't really seem to um, match up with the organization that was hosting it but uh it was it was a good time it was a good time you know it was great food you know great conversation here's here's but... been backtracking <laughs> <laughs> it was a good time i uh they were so hospitable if anything it was a sign of hospitality oh so, yeah. boy we did we did drop into your event for for a few minutes but um... yeah i included them in the uh, i did a tech roundup of uh tech things and i included them there um i'll, I'll talk about the food hall thing we went to if you oh. remember Oh, that was yeah. the lunchbox food hall event. Remember oh we... yeah, yeah, yeah. We did drop by there. Yeah, we did. Yeah. I couldn't find anyone that I recognized for, and then I we left after a few minutes. But... Yeah, yeah. We did drop by there. I forgot about that. Yeah, we did. Was yeah. it good? Any good? Yeah, it was. It was a cool vibe. Very, uh, very dark and um, sultry kind of situation happening. I don't know yeah, if that we, was what you're we got going some for. pretty good exercise to get over there too. We um, we walked from our event to that one, I think, didn't we? I w- that was a. Uh... 
I remember that was thrown over like in 12 hours. Our team works so hard. Uh, I think I, I put a lot of pressure on them. You know, I'm like, you know, do this, do that. So I'm pretty sure that was one of those. I remember like for FS Tech, we're not going to FS Tech. And my team just told me we're not going to FS Tech. And I'm putting so much pressure on them to still make an appearance. So yeah, behind the scene, that's what's happening. I did see Lunchbox the other day at my uh, very first franchisee convention that I went to. Uh, was that Clean Juice? That was oh, yeah. Room. Yeah, they had a whole lunchbox uh, like thing happening with gear and hats and all this kind of stuff. <laughs> we love them. They're one of our fastest growing uh, uh, brands, uh, and they do some amazing stuff. They're truly themselves, which is so hard to do, and I, I really appreciate them. Yeah, that's for sure. So before we let you go, um, just give you a chance here to maybe talk about – I know we talked about already about what was coming next, but – you want to just let people know maybe kind of a peek of what they can tune in for, um, what you have kind of announcement wise coming down the pipe outside of products, or maybe if that we already covered all that, you could just tell them where to find you online. <laughs> you know, however, um, you, however you want to go, it. I'm going to open the floor to you here to kind of. I have only I have only two messages. One is find me on the internet, catch me, catch me on the internet. That's my first message, and the second message is uh, uh, auto direct from any restaurant, uh, anywhere, just try to order direct, try to pick up the food whenever you can. Make an excuse, like walk with your partner who complains you don't hang out with them enough or take your dogs for a walk. Make an excuse to go and pick up food or order directly. Uh, that's my uh, only message. Uh, stop giving money not to your restaurants. Why would you do that? Yeah, let me ask you one question about that before I let you go. Is Do you think that customers are more cognizant of that at this point thanks to the pandemic a little bit because i mean we just i just saw this doordash study the other day and they made it kind of sound like you know yeah. that's not a thing but you know everyone's of course going to always release reports that reflect what they want but right i mean do you, do you think there is a movement toward white label happening now i mean are, are restaurants even on their side gone from the point of saying okay i just got to get delivery to now i got to think about how i actually make it profitable for myself I think what restaurateurs are saying, that part is easy. They're saying first volume, first quantity, and then quality. If you don't have qu uh, uh, quantity uh, and volume of orders, uh, it doesn't matter how you convert them or if you make it better or healthier and make it quality, right? So quantity first, and then we'll talk about quality. We'll talk about first party. We'll talk about white labeling. That's what restaurateurs are saying, right? They're being realistic as they should, which is first get me, get me the demand, and then I'll make the demand better. Right, and I think what I, I think uh, in terms of what uh, consumers, I think this is my problem with consumers. Ready? They're all nicer on the internet than in real life. <laughs> that's right? a, that's a scary. Yeah. Right? Like they're all but... so amazing on the internet. They're all like so charitable and nice and care so much and they're just amazing. You know, yeah. uh, I think they're extreme on the internet. They're terrible and mean, or they are wonderful and right. just. Mother Teresa, all of them, every single one of them. So in reality, what happens is, ah, where's my login? I don't want to. I don't want to find another login. I don't want to learn this website. I just rather, just I just oh, I just want to go to Uber Eats. You know, no one will know. So I think it's hard in real life, and I think it's not their problem. It's our problem to fix, right? It's Lunchbox's problem, and and uh, our food tech's responsibility to fix that and make it easier for them. But do I think? Uh, 
it is if there's more uh, acknowledgement there yes 100% i think it's more than before the pandemic i think it's the equivalent of shopping local uh, i don't think it is that i don't think it's that prevalent yet but i think we're we're, we're going to get our way in there we're going to you know lunchbox is going to be here for 90 years 100 years 200 years you know yeah and you'll, you'll gonna... be like 300 years old by then mentally. oh my god Absolutely. I'm only going to get worse. I, I'm, we're not as successful yet. As we become more successful, I'm only going to really start saying how I really feel. This is me holding back, everyone. This is me really like, my, I know my investors are always slapping me on the wrist, this and that. So this is me being polite, thoughtful, reasonable. Can't wait till we crush it so I can really tell you know uh, uh, everyone how we feel. But back to the topic, which is I think it's getting there. I think Lunchbox is playing a role. I think all of food tech needs to play a role. I think all of us need to sell one idea more than everything else, which is order directly from your restaurants. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of glad you said some of those things because I, w- I was writing the other day in this story that everyone on the internet seems to me to either be a contrarian or a saint. And then yeah. I felt and then I felt like an old man writing that. Like I was sh- <laughs> shaking my fist at like, you know, the 20-year-old in the corner. But that's what Twitter is, right? You know, you're, yeah. you're either the greatest person on earth or you hate everything for no reason at all, and I was yeah. kind of I was kind of painting it under this uh, this blue check mark guy. I can't remember his name. You know, was was hitting on us for um, writing a long story about Taco Bell. Um, oh yeah, and I'm just like, who do you think we are? <laughs> like, like, did you really have to take this side? Like, obviously, who has a problem with Taco Bell in this case of like what we were talking about? Wait, like, what's wrong with Taco Bell? It was it was just when they Ben wrote this story about you know when they came out with the new Defy prototype this two story thing they got going on yeah. in Minnesota yeah and so someone was just like you know QSR calls this the most ambitious prototype in brand history and wrote this you know quote unquote breathless article about this and I'm just like and the problem is what yeah. <laughs> yeah. like what, why you why you have a problem with this you know listen ten percent of every demographic. It's just great people. Everyone else is just meh, just meh, you know? So when you look, when, you, when I apply that logic in investors, humans, employers, employees, every hire, every role, every person I meet, things are just easier. So yeah, not, not, that's the 90% right there for you. Yeah, in my, in my career of hiring people, I'm only one for four. Um, so Ben is the one, by the way. But Ben, uh... ben the man. <laughs> But the uh, so by your uh, definition, I'm actually doing pretty well because I'm at like 250 per you know. That's awesome. I'm at yeah. 250. I'm not, yeah, in your opinion, I would be one for ten, I guess. Yeah, I don't have an impressive. I I don't have any impressive stats to share with you, and I'm competitive, so I would immediately. So you are actually doing really well. <laughs> Thank God for that. <laughs> yes. Actually, not you, Ben. You're doing really well. <laughs> and I mean, I, I did have to fire someone to hire Ben, so that's a lesson out there for you too. Um, that's a really Game of Thrones of you guys. Yeah. What, what is happening over there in North Carolina? <laughs> man, you got to survive, man. You got to uh, the business to business trade publication restaurant world is a. Uh, it's Can't a... wait till you get canceled on Twitter because of that. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try to stay away from Twitter. <laughs> all right all right well thank you nabil um it's been thank awesome you. um we really appreciate all the time um as he said you can find him very easily online linkedin is pretty much where i go and he's very very common and not common but easy to find very there active very active. active active is the right word yes frequent um, yes play the thesaurus game here 
But everyone out there listening, as always, you know, we appreciate it. And we'll see you next time.